0: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Career Talks podcast. Definitely excited, but I'm your host, Orlando Hanks. As always, each and every week, I get to bring uh, some amazing people to the platform who are doing their own thing in their own right. But I get to network them, network with them uh, for selfish reasons as too, because I love to learn uh, from other folks out there, uh, and then bring them into the fold. Maybe you've not have heard, uh, haven't heard of them, but you need to know who these folks are i um, super excited. But before I bring this young lady on, if you've seen the post, um, I want to thank tonight's sponsor of the episode. It's Agape Career Counseling Group, uh, which is led by a friend of mine. Her name is Deborah Russell. Uh, what they do, their career counseling group, and they help you discover the career you love. They do HR and small business counseling. And the cool thing about what Debrica's is doing as well over that uh, Agape Career Counseling Group, she's also launched a perfume, right? Completely different than what you would think she does. It's called Benebi, Uh, And you'll see the ad and then uh, the link to the website in the show notes after the fact. But again, thank you, um, Debra and Agape Career Counseling Group. Uh, for supporting the episode as always. Huge supporter. I appreciate you so much. So before we get started, I'm gonna just share a little bit about uh Miss Dr. Jasmine Escalara. Uh, hopefully I pronounced the name last name correctly. <laughs> she gave me the thumbs up behind the scenes. So she's originally from Brooklyn. I'm originally from New York so we just had a good chat and um so we're both New Yorkers uh in trade so uh, definitely chime in we're very direct most new yorkers are we're straightforward <laughs> so this will be a fun conversation we'll give you the pg version obviously of course but wanted to make sure uh, that you're you're definitely tune in tune in share it on your platform uh on linkedin for folks to tune in uh we're talking about claiming your career confidence um but miss jasmine is a confidence career coach she was chosen as one of linkedin's top voices in 2022, which is huge. I uh, love to talk about that, but I also want to dive into her journey, and she has a unique story. I've seen her her content um, and seen her other podcasts. Definitely follow her also on IG. She has a hilarious IG that should turn into some type of uh, network skit. She, <laughs> she, she's hilarious. Uh, so without further ado, let me bring on this amazing, talented woman, Miss Jasmine Escalara. How are you?
1: Hi. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that intro and for saying that my Instagram is hilarious because I just post my life. So that means that my (laughs) life has some kind of hilarity to it.
0: (laughs) It's great content, um, but it has humor, which is phenomenal. Uh, Sometimes people try to do it and don't come across the same. It it, it seems more like they're just copying what's out there, but you're bringing value in those memes and things like that, that, in the captions that you share. So Uh, Shout out to that. But I follow it and it's just absolutely uh, hysterical with uh, your dog makes some cameos too, correct?
1: He does. Yeah, he, you know, it's funny because there'll be some days where he just wants to like be in the camera and there'll be other days. And those are usually the days when I actually want him to be in the camera where he's like, no, I'm not feeling this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A dog who... who may be like, ah, oh, we didn't, the, the contract didn't state today. <laughs> yeah. Not
1: at real. this time of day. I'm sleeping. <laughs> exactly.
0: What's on my rider? So uh, folks, as you tuning in, just want to say thank you for the folks that have joined us so far. Mr. Dan Roth, I uh, just put him up. He said another heavy hitter. Yep. Jasmine She is definitely oh, that. <laughs> um, and that's the benefit of having a platform that we can share to connect with those folks who are just doing big, big things. Um, so without further ado, Again, share with folks more about your background and who uh, Jasmine is.
1: Yeah. So um, thank you so much for inviting me. I know that we've been connecting for some time over coming on the podcast, and I'm so excited to be here. Um, So I am, as you mentioned, a career and confidence coach, and I help women of color confidently make their next career move and own their worth and value um, and make more money because I'm all about more money being in the hands of our women. Um, So my journey really starts, as you mentioned, in New York City, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I grew up in the projects of Brooklyn and I talk a lot about that what that really was like as a child on LinkedIn. And I talk a lot about how growing up in the projects of Brooklyn, New York had its amazing points. Um, I had such a fun childhood and was really championed a lot by my community as being, you know, the one who loves going to school and the one who was gonna make it out. Um, And I also talk a lot about the shelter of living in the projects and of living within your community and how when you finally make it out there into the academic and professional world, Um, you're kind of not really sure of how to navigate that. And it can be really extremely challenging. And that's what happened to me is that when I stepped into STEM as a Latina, it was really hard to acknowledge myself, my power, my confidence, and to truly be me within that space. Um, I don't want to date myself, but, you know, I was in STEM starting 20 years ago. And as we know, STEM still is a very male dominated space, white male dominated space, but back then it was it was even worse. And it can be a very competitive environment as well. And it didn't mesh well with the kind of person I was um, and the way that I was fostered within my community before stepping into that environment. So I talk a lot about you know the challenge of feeling like I had to conform to be successful, feeling that I had to sort of diminish myself, um, feeling like I couldn't really talk about who I was or where I came from because it was just another thing that would stand out or stick out in a negative way. Um, So I really felt like I was obtaining a level of success in the field, but not in the way I truly wanted to obtain it. I wanted to obtain it as me and I wasn't there. Um, So I took myself through a very deep transformation while I was in that field and while I was in that area of understanding that in order to be truly me, I had to accept and embrace all of those parts of me that I was trying to change to adapt or to conform to that environment. And once I did that and I really reconnected back to who I was, my community, what success truly meant to me that's when things started to change. Um, But what I realized was, you know, other women of color, other people of color are going through the same experience where we are accepted and loved and embraced in our communities. And then the second we step into these other arenas, um, things really change and it's hard for us to navigate that. And so there's, this sort of strategic way to do it, but then there's also the mindset component and really building your confidence up in a way where you almost can kind of say, screw it, I am who I am and I'm gonna do it my way. Um, and that's the part that I think we have to work on as well. So that's what I had to do to get myself to that space. Um, and I'm you know, happy to say that after having done that, I feel really great about where I was in my career. and then I started to just coach other people and other women on doing the same. And that's that's what got me here today.
0: Love it. Love it. So there's so much to unpack in that. But I want to go back a little bit um, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about claiming your career confidence, because confidence is a journey. Right. It's not a one pill, one step thing. Um, Most folks maybe not know, probably in right. I'm from New York as well, like I mentioned. It's one thing to make it out of it and then um, get your education. But you not only got your Ph.D., you went to an Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. right? So talk talk to us about that time when right, you're in there for those four years um, and you're like or two years, the length of the program and just like imposter syndrome syndrome mm-hmm. can kick in. I'm the Latina from New York. What is that feeling as you're trying to build your confidence before you probably even knew what you wanted to do with your career? Talk to us about that moment in time in your life.
1: Yeah. So the program was um, a little over five years for me. Um, And when I started at Yale, and even when I I went to undergrad at Pace University here in New York City, and Mm -hmm. even when I went to undergrad, even though it was in New York City, again, just being in that field, in that area, kind of isolates you. So in STEM, you're just sort of with the people in STEM. Um, you're with the people in science and research. But yeah, imposter syndrome, I didn't even know imposter syndrome existed. I'm going to be 100% honest. Like, that term didn't, um, didn't come to light for me until I actually, years later, I was going on my own journey of trying to figure out, like, why am I doing this? And why is this happening to me? And then I found out what imposter syndrome actually was. But imposter syndrome, had I known what it was then, um, I would have labeled myself as having a high degree of imposter syndrome because I remember getting into Yale and I remember telling every single person when I told them where I was going, they're just trying to fill a quota. Like I'm there because they're just try- trying to fill a quota. Like I could not own the fact that I actually deserved to be there. I didn't think I did. And so for the first, I would say, year and a half to two years, um, I struggled a lot, not because of the education or because of the work, I'm a hard worker, but just because I felt like I didn't actually belong there. And I thought that they had made some kind of wild mistake in like, putting me there. Um, And I remember even going to the career services office at Yale and telling them that I actually wanted to quit. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, And it, it didn't have anything to do with the challenges that arose from the work or the strategy or doing it. It really was just like, I felt so alone. I felt so lonely. I felt like nobody understood me um people were you know aggressive towards me because it's it's just a very aggressive field to be in it's a very competitive field and of course Yale in itself just breeds competition um so and then, then that's just not my flavor i'm more collaborative i'm more supportive i'm more positive so it was really challenging for me to be in that environment and in that space and i thought <laughs> that when i stepped out into the career world things would be different i just assumed that the career environment would be completely different to that, that there would be collaboration, that there would be mentorship and sponsorship and all of these things that we talk about. I just assumed that they would just come when I left the academic world um, and that that didn't happen for me.
0: OK, so let me f- follow a question. Did you think that would come based on just you graduating or based on the school? and the prestige of where you graduated from.
1: I thought it had a little bit to do, of course, with Yale and just figuring that like, oh, this is going to give me some serious street cred here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I also thought it was like that because no one was telling me it was any different. So no one was really talking about the fact, like I said, I didn't even know imposter syndrome existed. No Mm -hmm. one was talking about what it was like to be a person of color, what it was like to be a Latina in the workforce, in the workplace. And at the level that I was stepping into it in. So I was stepping into the work environment already at a managerial level, just because of the education and experience I had accumulated from that point. So even though I was starting out my career, I was starting at a little bit of a higher level than I would have started out had I just left from my bachelor's and gone into the career space. So I just had no idea that I was going to be battling things like imposter syndrome, conformity, gaslighting, microaggressions. Like these things were not discussed at all. Um, And they sure as hell were not discussed by my parents. They had no idea what was going to happen. And they were not discussed by people in my community. They didn't know that that was going to happen. So I just thought that it would be better because I didn't know any better.
0: Got it. Got it. And and from a a career choice, you chose pharmacology. Is that correct? Why Mm -hmm. why that degree?
1: (laughs) That's funny. So (laughs) I chose to go into STEM because I really do like science and research. And I chose pharmacology in particular because I wanted to work for a big pharmaceutical company like Johnson and Johnson or Pfizer. And I, I wanted to make bank and help my parents get out of the projects. Like that was my goal. Um, And as I was going through my training at Yale, I realized that I'm much more of a people person. I would much rather kind of be in the zone of helping and serving people. I wanted to do something that was more service driven. Mm -hmm. And so that route just didn't feel good to me anymore. So I decided to pivot into nonprofit management in the research space and help nonprofit organizations design research programs. That solve questions around healthcare inequities in populations in need.
0: Got it. So, with your career, that's a great transition. To you, you've held director level roles, associate director level roles in your career. Talk to us about that now. You're you're getting established. You're climbing the ranks. Um, is career confidence building at that point for you? Uh, what no. are you What are you facing <laughs> at that point? <laughs> no, okay. it's,
1: so, it's so interesting. It's really it's intriguing to me how you can look from the outside world like you have all of it together, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look like you're moving, like you're transitioning. And especially to my parents, like every single step that I took was like this huge thing to them. And so, you know, when you come from a certain background, everything is so just championed and celebrated that you even start to think that it's, success and you start to program yourself as thinking, well, I must be successful, but meanwhile, there's a, a whole spew of things going on inside of you. Am I on the right path? Do I really feel good about this? Am I doing this the way that I want to do it? Am I doing it authentically to me? Am I showing up as myself? So I was able to to move really fast and get high up the ranks, but it was because I didn't challenge anybody. I worked insanely hard, like to the detriment of my own life, um, to the detriment of my own health. It was because I, I didn't speak up, you know, in the ways that I knew I should. And I just let a lot of things happen. And I accepted what was given to me. And, you know, it's weird to say that I was able to achieve a successful career in that way, but I hated myself for it. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what I was doing. I liked the work I was doing, but I didn't like the way that it was happening around me. And I just didn't like the fact that I was just going through the motions and not standing up for myself and not talking about what I wanted to talk about. Um, And so that's that's the dynamic of it. It's that, you know, from the outside perspective and even to yourself, you kind of say like, well, I'm successful. I'm making money. You know, I have these things, but I don't feel good about myself.
0: Hmm. Where was that epiphany for you where you decided to transition out of corporate? Right. Um, and I don't want to go too far in advance, but what you're saying is it's just resonating. I'm sure with a lot of people who, who may be tuning in or catch the catch the replay is that you go through these transitional phases. Like you said, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm scaling up. I'm making, you know the quote unquote six figures where everyone seems like that's the new millionaire status or something. And it's not, (laughs) but you kind of start to think and reevaluate life, especially with the pandemic, right? Everyone's having a deeper self-assessment and reevaluation of their career. What was that epiphany for you where you were like, this isn't it. My confidence level, where I want to go, my journey is, is not where I want it to go right now. I need to make a transition.
1: Yeah, I get asked that that question of the moment, and I, it wasn't moment. It wasn't a moment. It was almost kind of like a compilation of things okay. that it felt like. A boil over in a way. Um, So it wasn't like a moment. It was almost like going into work every day and dreading just being there. It was, you know, sitting on the sidelines when I knew I could be doing more, leading more, saying more. It was people telling me how to do my job when they didn't even know how to do my job, but me not saying anything. It was, you know, taking the brunt work um, and never seeming to get, you know, the praise for it. Um, there was just a lot of things, you know, it was advocating or trying to advocate for myself and always seeming to be put in back in my place. So it was almost kind of like a lot of things just just piled onto each other, where at one point, and I don't know where that breaking point was, I just remember saying, like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to continue to come home and be angry. And that just, all of it just carried into my life where I just became an angry person, where I'm not an angry person. I'm much more of a positive person. And I didn't like the way I was moving through the world. It just didn't feel good to me.
0: So, um, which is a a great point. So when it comes to now, how do we build? Because at some point I would think, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you built some kind of self-mantra to where you're like, I'm going to develop the confidence I need uh, to speak up, you know, advocate for myself, uh, be my own champion, cheerleader. What is that step? What are those steps you took for you? Where did that begin for you?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it actually was self reflection and self discovery. So a lot of it was actually going within myself rather than trying to figure out how to navigate the world first. Um, So for me, it was about asking myself really deep questions like, am I actually happy on the career path that I'm on? And that was a tough one because I had just gone through, geez, five, nine, almost 10 years of education between my bachelor's degree and my PhD and to step back and ask myself like, is this actually... What I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, in terms of my career, that was a hard one. Um, but I had to ask myself, like, is this real for me? Is this what's really making me happy? And then I had to ask myself, well, if it's not, then why is it not making me happy? And I had to really start to identify success for myself. Like what would make me feel successful? What is it that I enjoy? What is it that I like to do? And what is it that I can totally see myself actually leaning into for the rest of my career. Um, and that was like the first part. And that I felt like was the hardest part because it's almost mm-hmm. kind of that clarity component, that realization or that actualization of I am not actually happy. And then really understanding, well, what would make me happy? what are, What is a tangible direction that I can take that I can explore next? And I say explore next because I wasn't sure at that point if a pivot of what I was thinking was actually going to make me happy still. But I had to do something to get out of this particular situation.
0: Got it. Got it. So and let me let me just shout out one person. Uh, I, I let you know earlier that um, someone I know uh, here locally in Tampa is a part of your program. And we'll, we'll dive into that as well. Uh, <laughs> her name is R- uh, Ronisha Bontemp and she is raving about your program um, to this day. She was like, Jasmine's awesome. She's seen the post. She goes, oh my God, I'm building my network. She's (laughs) incredible. So kudos to you early on. Uh, a plug to get in and on pro in and on jasmine's program Um, (laughs) so and this and and this is unsolicited right and again it's it's crazy how you know it's just a small world like the person who who noticed it literally we go to church together her and her husband and my wife and i we all go to the same church um she was like oh my god i know this woman (laughs) i'm in her program i was like that's crazy so there's, there's that point, right, too, that you said you was finding what's going to make you happy. So jumping fast forward to into the entrepreneurial space and now coaching women of color. Um, why that? What was that that you said this was the fit for me?
1: Yeah, because I truly believe and, and I believe this because I lived it. I really do believe that you can have success in your career on your terms. And I think that when we work for other people, right, when we work for a paycheck, we seem to think that we have to relinquish control. And I actually come at it from the completely opposite perspective now. This is not how I started my career, but this is the journey I took myself through that you are the owner of your career. And in many ways, your career actually is the thing you can completely own. You don't have to worry about your kids. You don't have to worry about your partner. It is the thing that you get to really make the decisions for yourself. And so I really like to come at it from the perspective of you get to do this and you get to do it your way. And that shouldn't be scary. That should actually be empowering and liberating. And if you're not on that path right now, know that it is possible. It just takes some steps and measures to get there. So for me, for women of color, for people of color, I feel like there's even added layers of beliefs and experiences and mindset that we have to go through to get to that point. And I saw myself go through that. And so I really wanted to champion and support and guide women of color to the point where they truly believe they own their careers, they can be confidently themselves within it, and they will be able to achieve the level of success as they define it.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Andy Stork. He's also
1: uh, yeah.
0: he's also on LinkedIn. He actually has a book and a, a podcast called Own Your Career.
1: On I love your it. Life. So- Yes.
0: Um, it'd be great for you to connect. Oh
1: my gosh, we so we so so have to connect. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. On yeah. your career, on your life. It's like I always I tell my clients a lot. Um, and I'm gonna have to listen to him now. I tell my mm-hmm. clients a lot, um, you your career is the vehicle for your life, it gets you the life that you want, and that's usually through income and salary, but it can also bring you fulfillment and joy. It just, again, requires you to take that time to really think about what that means to you.
0: Love it. Yep, that's correct. So what I'm going to do next is try to extract some of your tips, tools and (laughs) techniques here. (laughs) See if I can pull it from that uh, doctoral brain of yours. Um, So when it comes to your coaching program, what's the name of your coaching program?
1: So I have a group coaching program called Mm -hmm. The Boss Up. It's a group program for women of color who are looking to make their next career move and land their next job opportunity. And my one-on-one coaching is not yet named. So (laughs) I should think about that. (laughs) But I do both.
0: Love it. Love it. Okay. So what are some of the things you're you're talking to the ladies about and helping them Mm -hmm. build their confidence? Um, Yeah. What is those strategies like now?
1: So, you know, the number one thing that um, I have been really diving in on with all of my clients that is just a beautiful and powerful and brilliant piece of work is limiting beliefs. And, you know, we grow up a certain way as people of color, as women of color, because of our culture, because of society, because of our family. There are specific beliefs that we have about how we should work and what we are worth. And even beyond that, how we should engage with others. Um, so some of those beliefs are, I have to work really hard to prove myself, or I have to hustle in order to make money. And some of them are around money. Money isn't available to us. I grew up very poor. So my dad always used to tell me, we don't have it, you know? And so I really thought throughout my whole life, this just doesn't exist. Money just doesn't exist. And other ones are, you know, really around authority. So respecting authority and respecting your elders. But when you think about those particular beliefs, like let's say, you know, I have to hustle to be successful, which is something I also grew up thinking. Well, that's obviously going to lead you in the workplace to hustling. You're going to be the one who puts their head down, who gets the work done, and who isn't necessarily asking questions or challenging the work that you receive. You're just going to think that if I work hard, I'll be rewarded for it. But that's not the way that the career world works. But those are the beliefs that you bring into that environment. So to just say that people should be successful in their careers and have a strategy is not enough. So for us, as people of color, as women of color, it's also important to recognize what mindset are you stepping into this environment with and how is that mindset empowering you, but how could it also potentially be limiting you? And I think that's the really unique aspect of being who I was in the workspace. I can hustle. I can work really, really hard. And that's a great thing. But it also is a bad thing if I let it really, truly take over aspects of my career where I'm being less strategic and I'm just kind of working my butt off. So that's a big thing that I do with all of my clients is who is the career woman you want to be, that confident career woman you want to be? And what are some of the beliefs that you have about career, about money, about success, about work? that have been ingrained in you since you were young because of your culture, your family, their situation, that is actually holding you back in your career currently? And how can we start to break down some of those mindset shifts? Um, Because you won't become that person, you won't get that success your way if you still carry this in
0: with you. So what I'm hearing is sometimes uh, a lot of us will go into a situation not breaking down the barriers first, yeah. And trying to go to the next step and wondering why we're not we're not getting uh, traction um, in that growth, in internal growth. Like you said, how many of your students that you come across or throughout your coaching um, that have that limited belief? Part one of the question, part two would be what are what are some common themes you're hearing um, mm-hmm. from, from the folks you're speaking with in coaching?
1: They all have it. And they all have multiple, which is quite interesting. So when you start to break it down, like I'll just use myself as an example. Um, I grew up in a hustle culture. Um, that's that's just, you grew up in the projects. Hustle is something that you know how to do. Um, so hustler, that's it. I grew up hustle, but I also grew up with no money. So I grew up thinking that money just doesn't exist. And when I asked for it, I was always told no, and I was told not to ask again. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that happened to me. Then I also grew up being told that um, my accomplishments were never enough. So, yeah, that's great that you did that, but you need to do more. You need to do better. You need to keep going. And it was really truly because I was told that as a Latina, as a brown woman, that when I went into the workplace, I was going to have to work harder to prove myself. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is those are all of those things kind of wrap in together. Um, And the ones that are very common for my clients are around, I have to work really hard to prove myself. And there's a lot around authority, how you see authority, because culturally we see authority and elders a certain way. And we're told from a very young age, not to challenge people who have authority, So when you step into the workplace and into that environment, challenging authority is, of course, going to be very difficult for you, Mm -hmm. It's going to take you almost kind kind of trying to have to separate the two. Well, when I'm here, I have to do it this way. But when I'm here, I have to really think about and consider it in a completely different fashion.
0: So how do you because that can be crippling that that thought process, like you said, that upbringing and I've been through it as well. where you don't challenge authority but are not educated on how to challenge authority, right? It becomes a crippling mindset to where like you said you went through your career, you didn't speak up, no, you didn't advocate for yourself, etc. Um how do we begin to 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 kind of break that mindset shift? What what some some first steps that you think we should know that we just don't know uh, that we can take action on?
1: Yeah, so I like to take the point of um, I'm a very sort of introspective person. There's so Mm -hmm. many thoughts going on in my head on any given time frame. (laughs) So I like to take the perspective of first, you have to define what you want and where you want to go. And then you have to kind of go through the stages of like, if I want to go there and if I want that, what's actually holding me back? Not in terms of strategy. You can Google strategy. This is not about strategy. This is not about you having a script. You can find a script. This is about truly getting more deep into why is it really that I'm actually not asking for more money? Do I see my worth and value? Do I have a problem actually talking about money? Is money something that we just never discussed in my household? So you really want to go back to that place of understanding what is it that's holding me back that's deeper than just asking for something. Um, And then once you can recognize some of those mindset patterns that are starting to take form for you or that you see taking form for you, it's really about building that self-awareness so that in the moment you can start to catch yourself when you're going through that thought loop and that thought pattern. Um, And when you start to build that self-awareness and you start to catch yourself, it then becomes how do I want to think and believe differently? Um, So it's not, it's not a one step fix, like changing your belief patterns, changing your mindset, that's deep level work and it takes time. And what ends up happening is we might get one win and we're like, yes, there we go. And then it all sets back. Um, So I always like to tell my clients, like your, your mind is a beautiful thing. It will champion you and it will destroy you if you let it. it's almost kind of like there's a duality there and there is a part of you that wants to see you successful and there's another part of you that actually will sabotage you and so you're always constantly having to sort of think about that constantly having to be in that space of is what i'm thinking true is what i'm thinking in service of me or can it potentially push me back and how do I want to think or what do I want to believe that's different that will really, truly get me to the target that I want to go to?
0: I love what you said, because sometimes I think we we can get confused. And I'm speaking just in general as individuals that a small break, we take that as a breakthrough and it's really not a breakthrough. Um, it's just yeah. a small chip of an epiphany. Right. Where we're like, OK, I see the light. And you think, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I, Dr. Jasmine, fix me. I'm, I'm all good. No. Right?
1: She, Dr. Jasmine can fix you in one instance. She can't fix right? you over time. But exactly. no, but it's it's you know, but what I when when we have those wins, what I like to tell my clients is that win that you just achieved is further evidence for your brain that you can change so you have to and that's where it comes into we talk a lot in the career world about acknowledging your wins celebrating your wins documenting your wins when i talk about documenting your wins i talk about it as brain evidence you need to show your brain that you can actually do something differently you can actually do something against what it's fighting you on so it's evidence that this change can happen, and it actually starts to become evidence to your brain that you can live and be a different way. And your brain, that part that's fighting you, will start to get on board. You will you will start to rewire it. It just takes time. So, you know, all of those strategies that we talk about in the career space, like document your wins, celebrate your wins, there is actually a legit big time mindset reason why you should do that. You are re-changing or reshaping your brain to believe that there is a different way for you. And so that's so important for you to tap into.
0: I think you just bridged a huge gap um, and based on what you were saying. So the limiting beliefs that we have, that we have to work harder, hustle, work harder, Stops us from celebrating those wins because it's it seems as it's not enough. Like, OK, you landed this big account or you got this promotion or whatever, whatever it may be. And you're like, great. It's not enough. So you, you tend not to celebrate the, those small wins, which is cool. And I love that brain evidence. Trademark that. Oh my God! I (laughs) did. Trademark that. Trademark that. That's that's a that's a book. That's a program. That's a that's a bunch of things. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, that's that's good. So yeah, I I, I feel. So nobody can take it. We're putting that like it's
1: mine. Like it's it's yes, yes. You you heard it here first. (laughs) We can always go back to this podcast.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Two thousand, right? Two thousand twenty-two, March tenth. Brain evidence was coined by Jasmine Escalera, so do not take it. Uh, get get to the lawyer quick. So, um, I'm just I'm just amazed how because what how you're explaining it is deeper than right, it, deeper than surface. It seems a lot of emotional um, upbringing is affecting our future, um, you know, confidence, which is somewhat. It makes sense, right? It makes sense. We we go through that, so. Where, where is it a, you can share a personal journey or maybe a client uh, came back to you and said, hey, this is where the breakthrough. Where, what are some wins after you've dismantled the, you know, the, the the disbelief or the limiting beliefs that you've seen come through in some of your, you know, your personal life or uh, any students you've worked with?
1: Yeah. So I think, the, you know, one of the one of the breakthroughs that I had very early in my coaching that like connects so deeply to me because it was one of the biggest wins i had early in my coaching career um, was a client who was working 14 hour days extreme burnout um, and she knew i i just this is not what i want right but when we dove deep into why are you staying in a job where you're working 14-hour days you don't have the time for your family you don't have the time for your you know your partner you don't even have the time for yourself it really came down to the fact that she didn't truly believe that she deserved more or better. She came from, she grew up in New York city as well, came from very low income housing, family didn't make very much money. And so for her, this feeling of, I just have to work to get whatever I can. That was a very deep rooted thing for her. She also thought that anything success related was going to be taken away from her because that was another sort of thing that she truly believed was that if I become successful, I'll lose it. I'll lose the money i'll lose everything and then i won't be able to take care of my family and so breaking down that mindset breaking down that barrier for her led her actually to leave her job she got a job offer within one week of applying for her first six figure six salary job six figure salary job she was able to move her family from new york city to their first apartment that she bought in New Jersey. She was able to lease a car. She just had a whole different life just from breaking down this concept and idea of, I don't deserve better. And and that breaking down just led to her, it almost kind of like, I won't say the word, but there's this effort energy That you end up starting to have when you get to this point of, I don't want to live like this anymore. And that effort energy can be the most powerful energy you can have if you tap into it, because it's almost just kind of like, no matter what my brain says, no matter what anybody tells me, I know it can be better and I'm going to go for it. And that was like the shift that I saw her have at one point was like, no, no, it can't be this way. And it just created a ripple effect where I think she applied to two or three jobs. She got an interview and then an offer within a week. And it was amazing. It was the the most amazing transformation to watch. It was almost like overnight, this new person just arose.
0: Well, so let me ask you um, more of a personal questions along this is each level um, in your growth, in your career, in your business. Are we facing or are you facing? Do you see your clients facing uh, a new level in challenge of confidence.
1: Yeah, like 110%. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that for myself personally, mm-hmm. I felt like I conquered my career and I became like this badass where I was like, I don't care what anybody says to me. You can do whatever you want. I am the sugar, honey, iced tea. You can't tell me nothing. And I got to this space of just knowing where I wanted to be only accepting the things that were going to be in service of me. If they weren't in service of me, I was telling you it wasn't working. Like I just got to this space where I knew that this was how I wanted to be. And not everybody wants to be like that, but I knew I wanted to be like that. Um, And then I stepped into the entrepreneurial space.
0: (laughs) It almost started all over again, right?
1: (laughs) And it all crashed and burned. I
0: was like, what in the world?
1: it all went to hell like i was like what
0: is going on you had, <laughs> you had to coach yourself through Through. I your... had to, <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it was like starting all over again it was wild because you know it was a different space and environment um in that you know when you're in your career you can have a level of disassociation from your work right you work mm-hmm. your hours you go home But when you're in entrepreneurship, and when you're building a business, you are the product. So you are now selling people on you. Mm -hmm. And there's a different level of of how you see yourself that has to happen and how you present yourself. And that's a huge shift. Um, Now, for my clients, what I'll see happen is, like for job search, for example, they'll be like killing it in their job search, they'll have the best perspective. I'm going to find the right environment for me. I'm not going to accept anything less than what I want. And then they'll get into the space and all that trauma that they've experienced in their other jobs, all of the things that have come up for them will start all over again because it's a different challenge. It's a different thing. It's a different arena. That doesn't mean that you can't use the tools you had in your toolbox for that other experience in this new one. It just means that you have to recognize it quicker and faster and then pull the tools out and start the process again. Um, But wherever you end up going and whatever you end up doing, you get a promotion, you get a new leadership, you might start to feel some of those things come back. It's a different environment, it's a different arena. And Brene Brown talks about arenas and I love that analogy of like, you're stepping into a different space and you can either be a spectator or you can be a player. And if you want to be a player, you might have to deal with some of those challenges again. But you have the tools. If you've done the work, you have the tools. You know how to do it.
0: But I think that's that's key that you said Um, we have to remember. Right. We when a new challenge comes up sometimes and I'm not speaking for everybody, we kind of go into a brain freeze. I'm like, Yeah. And it's like, well, it's kind of similar to what we did in the past. Like you said, dive into that mm-hmm. mental toolbox of unpacking the talent that you have and the skills you use to execute on a similar type project or whatever. But that's that's cool. I, I like that, um, that analogy there that you gave. So when it comes to continuous confidence, mm-hmm. what's your daily regimen of saying, hey, I get up every morning because, again, follow her on IG because <laughs> you, right, from from an outside perspective. And we know that that's not true, but you always seem like she is energized and ready to attack the day every day because it's it's always um, high energy and fun. Um, but what's your personal? I don't want to use the word mantra, but your daily routine to get Jasmine up and going and rebuilding that confidence for the next day, for the next challenge?
1: Yeah. You know, I have a very intense routine for myself. Um, And that, you know, that's just how it has to be for me. Um, I do have anxiety um, and I do get panic attacks. So for me, my ritual is intense and it works for me. It doesn't have to be this for everyone, but Mm -hmm. what I have found is that I am most open and aware with myself in the mornings. So I wake up at 5 a.m. and I journal. I journal about just kind of what's going on in my head. What are the challenges that I'm facing? My journaling is a lot of evidence. So what did I do yesterday that made me feel good? What did I do yesterday that felt like a win for me? Um, It also can go deep into if I want to be this confident woman today, like how am I going to show up? What are some of the things that she's going to be doing today? Um, And that will help me create my to-do list. So I don't just sit down and think about like, what am I supposed to do today? I actually think about like, who do I want to show up as today? And that actually is what generates what I'm doing. So everything that I do in my day, it comes from the place of who do I want to be and how do I want to represent myself as. Um, And then what I do after that is I do a little meditation and then I always have to exercise. So my nervous system can get so heightened because I am very energetic and I am very go, go, go. And I need to expel that energy on a daily basis. So I do my working out after that. And then I always walk my dog as a form of connection to nature. Um, so that's my connection to nature. And that's usually my morning routine. It's very structured like that. It, it takes me a few hours, um, but it's, what's, it's what really works for me. And so for my clients, I tell them, chunk it in whatever way works for you. So, you know, think about where you want to start. So even just today, I started working with a new client where I told her, all you have to do is write a belief, write something new you want to believe about yourself, put it on a post-it note in front of your coffee machine. And when you're making your coffee, just think to yourself, if I believe that, what would I do differently today at work? And that can be what you start to represent yourself as in the workplace. And at night, put that same exact post-it note right on your bathroom mirror. So while you're brushing your teeth, you can just ask yourself, how did I do today on that belief? So it can just be that simple, right? All you have to build are small, simple tactics that allow you to reconnect back to you. What did I believe about myself today? What did I think about myself today? And how can I change that? So my mindset ritual and my morning routine is intense because of the work that I do. I have to do that to then go out into the world and service in the way that I want to service. But for you, it can be small and it can be something that you start out with that helps you really think about who do I want to be today. If I was that person, how would I show up? What would I do differently? And then a small check-in at the end of the day, how did that work for me? That's the evidence part.
0: I love it, and that's the brain evidence part. Brain evidence, and <laughs> that is coined by Jasmine Escalera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Copyright. <written.
0: laughs> that's going to be copyrighted, trademark. So, uh, let me ask you this: uh, as we come to a close, because I want to be mindful of your time, um, you started your business three, four years ago.
1: Yeah, it was like three-ish years ago.
0: Yeah. Do you feel more confident now than you did then?
1: Yes, a hundred and ten percent. Yes. And it was really through a deep level. Uh, I mean, I took myself through this crazy, insane transformation, becoming a business owner, um, where I, you know, I have to admit to you that I cut people out of my life. I changed my patterns. Um, I really asked myself, like, who needs to be around me? Um, And I see Millie mentioned that too. Who needs to be around me and who needs to not be around me? Because I have to have a certain level of energy to do the things that I want to do. And I have to have, like, I can't just have regular energy to do this work. I have to have an overspill because I need to give to the people that I'm serving. And so for me, it's like, if you're not pouring in and giving me the overspill, you got to go because this just isn't going to work for me. Um, so, yeah, so I am a completely different person uh, today than I was two, three years ago. like it's it's just a completely different transformation. Um, and I'm really proud of proud of that. Like I'm proud that I took myself through that. and I'm actually taking myself through another new transformation because it doesn't end.
0: Right. And you say you're starting a new class, right? If you don't mind me throwing that out there, which I just did, but you took yeah, taking that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm starting, um, I'm starting quite a few new things. I'm always doing something. <laughs> <laughs> I started, I started a leadership class because I'm like, I want to brush up on my leadership skills so I can uh-huh. like do more work with leaders. And I started a salsa class because I was like, I don't want to get back into salsa dancing. And yeah, I'm just always Seriously, somebody just needs to just sit me down and just say, just watch Netflix for the day.
0: (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Which is well, maybe a day, maybe a day, right? But but all those things build up to more confidence, Um, whether we think you know we think about it or not. But yeah getting out there on the dance floor and doing that. All these things build up to developing your more, comp, you know, to be more confidence, and you can take that into the workforce. So um, love uh, the conversation. I don't want to hold you too long, but share with the folks how they could connect with you, uh, get into your program. If, it's, if, if they miss this cohort, when's the next cohort? Share yeah. with the folks how they can connect.
1: Um, I would love to. So I am on LinkedIn um, at Jasmine Escalera. I would love to connect with you here on this platform. You can always DM me. Um, I'm always open to just kind of chatting with people because I just love to see where people's brains and challenges are. I'm a big problem solver. So connect with me here. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm also on Instagram at Jasmine Escalera Coaching, where I post more of my daily shenanigans and the things that I get into. And
0: and as Orlando
1: mentioned, it's quite amazing. I'm going to take this (laughs) last week. I haven't
0: done this before yeah i've never done this on the show but i'm going to pull up your your uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> today yeah. i actually was quite quiet on the gram
0: <laughs> <a seat>. oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> i
1: yeah. won't play the
0: audio i won't play the audio yeah, but it's, fun. it's
1: So it's so it's fun. funny i like to make those reels because i find that like the career world can kind of be so strategy based and mm-hmm. i like to bring a little bit of fun and lightness into it because the way that i both the things that i talk about are so heavy you know they're heavy but if you can bring a little bit of lightness and a little bit of fun it it's just, it truly helps um so that's what i i hope that i can bring lightness and fun
0: Share with your program, your program that you got.
1: Ah, yeah. So the program is um is closed now. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see what we're doing. I post um, almost every day what the ladies are up to and what they're working on. And if you're interested in joining the program, just shoot me a DM on Instagram or even on LinkedIn um, and I'll be starting it back up in the summer fall time. So I'd love to bring you in. I'm also doing one on one coaching. So I'm, like I said, I'm always doing something. So don't have no fear. You can work with me.
0: <laughs> Whether it be on your career confidence or on the dance floor, the the salsa. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> you will catch Jasmine everywhere. So Jasmine, again, I appreciate you so much. Uh, I look forward to our growth and connection and following your content and learning from your content on, on LinkedIn and IG. Um, I just appreciate you taking the time out tonight to, uh, to speak with me. So Uh, Any last parting words, any any quote that you live by that you want to share with folks? Anything like that?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I don't live by any particular quote, but the thing that has been resonating with me a lot since the start of January is just to have certainty in your outcome. Um, and that has actually been something that has been a huge driver for me is if you were certain that the outcome that you wanted was just going to happen for you, how would you move differently? And what would you do differently today? And that's been really powerful for me because I can be an overworker, as I mentioned, and just being able to take a step back and say, no, it will just happen has given me the grace to sort of give myself space and time for myself.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. We will end it there. Don't go away, Jasmine. I'm going to close this out uh, with a quick video. But folks, connect, connect, connect. Send her DMs, Mm -hmm. everything, and she will respond. She's amazing. Thank you so much, Jasmine.
1: Thank
0: Uh, you. Tune in next week, folks. But stay tuned. Hold on, Jasmine.